Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Movius Ministries. This is your friend, Josiah. I am so excited to dive into uh, today's message. It's going to be on 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. I am honored that you are here just to hear the Word of God and just to... Um, just grow in wisdom, to grow in humility, to grow in your more of understanding your identity in Christ. So, um, what a great day it's been. Um, I went to work and did some errands around the house. I made a cup of tea, so I do have a cup of tea here with me. I'm going to be uh, drinking that throughout the episode today. But this is, today is... Season 12, episode 3, and um, starting next year, I think I'm going to start, uh, instead of recycling back to episode 1 at the at the beginning of a new season, I'm going to do like episode 100, 102, 103, 104, but I'll worry about that, um, you know, obviously next year. So, um, the song that's playing right now, if you'd like to know, um, this type of music is the kind of stuff I listen to when I have my quiet time with the Holy Spirit. This one is called Open Heaven at Bethel by William Augusto and the album of this, uh, the album that we're listening to is called Soaking in His Presence. And today's verse of the day is a verse that we, um, we all know, we all might know pretty well. It's Philippians 4.8 and this is out of the KJV. Whosoever or whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things that are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on those things. It's a great verse and it reminds us to um, you know, Paul says in Colossians 2 that if we are really in Christ, we are to set our eyes on things above. And the, uh, the prayer card of the day today is, Behold, you are beautiful. Um, we can say, you know, that sometimes we can think that, you know, God can say the same, can say about us. We can say to the Lord, your Lord, you're beautiful. You are, um, your beauty is exuberant. It's it's infinite and it's absolutely beautiful. In Timothy, it says that he dwells in unapproachable light, which is absolutely incredible. So, um, as you guys know, on my last episode, we talked about the way of his love. So far, I have 15 plays on that episode, and I'm shocked. I'm humbled that God is continuing to use this platform, and uh, just that I get to be on here and just uh, share these things with you guys. So. Um, I have prophetic words on here if you want to listen to those, uh, you know, from other episodes. And I did post a question. I, I think it's a new thing that I'm allowed to do on this app that I use. Um, it's on my last episode, which was The Way of the way of His Love, Season 12, Episode 2. Um, I posted a question, so if you did not see the question, please answer it. Please be honest. Um... I'm a guy who's really learning so much about humility right now and that there's nothing you can say that um, is going to get me to step into pride. That's something the Holy Spirit is really uh, putting a very high antenna in my brain is to really not step into that. So um, and some of you guys also know on, on our last episode um, where we talked about the way of his love, we opened with worship and I think I want to do the same thing now. And uh, I'm not sure what song we're going to play 
So what I'm gonna do is actually, I'm just gonna shuffle and whatever is gonna play, it's gonna play. So let's just open in worship, have your own moment with the Lord. Um, I'm gonna be in my own moment of prayer, obviously. Um, I am gonna turn it up a little bit, so it might be a little bit loud on your end. So whether you're listening to this in your car, your headphones, just be aware that there it may get a little bit loud because I wanna make sure you can hear it through my microphone. So let's, let's start this out. Yeah. 
song was called Egypt by Bethel Music. That was Corey Asbury singing that song. Corey Asbury used to sing uh, and work with the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, and now he is with Bethel, and he's got a lot of good music. So if you guys want to check his stuff out, go check that out. Um, Let's dive into today's message. Uh, I do want to go into a moment of confession of sin, you guys. Um, I I only, it's just some stuff that I've been going through today. And it's just uh, kind of heavy on my heart, and I don't want to conceal or hide sin. So um, I just want to confess this. So please uh, prepare your hearts just to kind of restore me gently and just pray for me, please, as I you know confess these things. So uh, some of you guys know I work at Marshalls, and I, I, I work, I'm usually on the register. And today I just struggled a lot with uh, getting really angry and very aggravated by people and it was just hard for me to have a soft heart. There were times where I'd get aggravated with one customer and the next person would come up and then I would feel better. And so I'm like, okay, there's just some refiner's fire that I'm kind of going through right now. Um, I've been struggling with a lot of swearing lately. There's been times where um, 
you know, I just, uh, like, I'm good, at, I'm really good at controlling it, and then sometimes I have the thought of having a swear word, and I'm like, okay, well, am I sitting there, or, you know, there's all these questions, and I just kind of, I have a moment with Laura, I'm like, okay, Laura, just correct me, show me, show me what's right, I can't lean on my own understanding, so, um, I just want to confess that, and then uh, I've been struggling with a lot of complaining, and this is something the Lord's been really putting on my mind lately. Some of you guys know I did do a message on Thanksgiving uh, about complaining. It's just a message the Holy Spirit put on my heart to kind of share with you guys. It was also, you know, obviously impacting me as well. So um, I just want to confess that stuff. So um, so crazy. We were worshiping, and I just kind of pulled back, and I was praying. And I opened my Bible and I looked at the, the, the chapter that we're going to be reading today. We're going to be doing 2 Thessalonians 2. I know I said that I was going to um, be doing moving on to Proverbs. But uh, a couple days ago, the Lord just kind of just long story. I'm going to make it short, obviously. But um, he just put me on the spot and was like, I want you to speak on this chapter. And I was like, really call out of my comfort zone because I don't know about it too much. But um I told my friend Brandon about it, and Brandon prayed for me. So, Brandon, thank you for that so much. I've been filled. Um, I have felt your prayers, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was going to be reading out of the NASB today, but I think while during worship, the Lord told me to do, actually, he said um, that he wants me to speak out of the message version today. So, um Bear with me. I want to be going back and forth between online because in my notes I have the NASB version, but online I'm going to be looking at the message version, so I'm going to be going back and forth between my notes and then looking at the passage online. So um, let's get this started. 15 minutes in now, we're in this, so <laughs> thank you for your patience. Um, here we go. Um, verse 1. This is Paul talking. He goes, Now, friends, Read these next words carefully. Slow down and don't go jumping to conclusions regarding the day when our master, Jesus Christ, will come back and we assemble to welcome him. Don't let anyone shake you up or get you excited over some breathless report or rumored letter from me that the day of the master's arrival has come and gone. Don't fall for any line like that. So from that verse, to start off, the letter, the letter, the context seems to be about the second coming of Jesus Christ. And to not let your heart be troubled by people's predictions and claims through a spirit, a message, or a letter of the day of Jesus's return because Jesus said no one knows the day or the hour but only God knows Jesus said not not even the son knows so Jesus doesn't even know and then people ask me you know did he say that as God or did you say that as man and anyway it's just it doesn't matter Jesus I don't, I don't like to get too deep into that but um that's what the context seems to be about verse three before that day comes now he's talking about the day of um, he's talking about the day of the Lord, Jesus's return. He says, "Before that day comes, a couple of things have to happen. First, the apostasy. Second, the debut of the Antichrist, a partner in crime with Satan." I look at that and I go, "Oh my gosh, this is. I mean, I just this is this really kind of gets me on my heels." It goes on and says, he'll defy, he'll defy and then take over every so-called God or altar. 
having cleared away the opposition. He'll then set himself up in God's temple as God Almighty. We can see this is what Satan tried to do um, at, at the very beginning of time. And then um, Paul goes on and says, Don't you remember me going over all of this in detail when I was with you? Are your memories that short? Paul goes deeper into the context of the of the man this chapter is talking about, which is the Antichrist. And I'm not sure what the Greek word is for the word apostasy, but based on how Paul is describing this man, it shows that what James says is true. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You can see that verse play out when Satan tried to take God's seat, tried to take God's place. Um, verse 5 or verse 6, sorry. You'll also remember that I told you the Antichrist is being held back until just the right time. Now, it's going to go deeper into this because this is really interesting, you guys. That doesn't mean that the spirit of anarchy is now at work. It is secretly and underground. Now, that part where it says secretly and underground... Secretly, I can understand, but underground, I don't think we should take that literally. It doesn't literally mean underground. I think what it means is behind the scenes. I could be wrong. Take that as a grain of salt. But to continue, it says, but the time will come when the Antichrist will no longer be held back, but will be let loose. But he goes, but don't worry. The master Jesus will be right on his heels and blow him away. The master appears and puff, the Antichrist is out of there. The Antichrist is out of there. Let me see if I have any notes on this. Hang on a sec. Um, Paul says, You already know what is restraining coming to the Antichrist. Personally, I'm just kind of going back and forth between my notes, guys. The Lord really just kind of switched everything on me. So it's okay. I'm really learning humility right now. But let's just continue. And then, okay, we'll just we'll just go from here. Verse, verse 9, the Antichrist coming is all of Satan's work. You guys, in verse 3, 3 or 4, it says that he was he's a partner in crime with Satan. Now, we hear a lot about the Antichrist, but we also need to hear about the false prophet because those two guys are going to be hand in hand working together. So it's like, does is the, is the false prophet another partner in crime with, with Satan? I don't know. But to continue, all his power and signs, I'm, and all of his power and his signs and miracles are fake evil sleight of hand that plays to the gallery of those who hate truth that could save them. And since they are so obsessed with evil, God rubs their noses in it. Again, we're reading out of the message version and gives them what they want. Since they refuse to trust the truth, they're banished to their chosen world of lies and illusions. That's a hard pill to swallow. That's really hard. Think about this, you guys. Now, a lot of you guys might think this is not fair, but 
think about this. Jesus has paid for it all. He paid for it all. In, in, in Galatians it says that he became a curse for us. And people are pushing that. What, what Paul's saying here is people, where it says right here, um, those that hate the truth and that could save them. It's talking about Jesus. It's talking about the sacrifice of Jesus. And he's saying he it pushes it away. And God goes, okay, I'm just going to give you what you want. And he says, since because they sent because they refuse to trust the truth, they refuse to trust the sacrifice of Jesus. And it says they're banished to their chosen world of lies and illusions. Verse 13, meanwhile, we've got our hands full, continually thanking God for you, our good friends, so loved by God. God picked you out as his from the very start. And we can read that, I think, in Ephesians 1 or 2. It kind of says the same thing. It goes on and says, think of it, included in God's original plan of salvation. This is Paul says the same exact thing in Ephesians. His original plan of salvation by the bond of faith in living in the living truth, which is Jesus. This is the life of the Spirit. He invited you through the message that we delivered, in which you get in on the glory of our Master, Jesus Christ. Last couple of, last few verses, verses 15 through 17. Verse 15. So friends, take a firm stand, feet on the ground and head high. Keep a tight grip on what you were taught. Paul says the same thing in Philippians 4.9. Whatever is personal conversation or by our letter, may Jesus himself and God our Father who reached out in love and surprised you with gifts of unending help and confidence Put a fresh heart in you. Invigorate your work and enliven, enliven your speech. Sorry. So let's look, look. Let's look at um some of my notes. Verse seven. I want to read verse seven out of the NASB. I'm just gonna so that we just read out of the message version. Um. Yeah, okay, so I, I just read out of the message version. I want to read the whole chapter again in the NASB, just so you can kind of... Um, and I have peace about doing that, so um, I have peace from the Holy Spirit. So let's just start again in verse 1, and I'm going to just... I'm going to start in the... I'm going to read out of the NASB version now. Verse 1, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, regarding the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him that you uh, not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter as it is as if it is from us and Paul's talking about the apostles us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come so again to start off the letter the context seems to be about the second coming of Jesus Christ our precious wonderful loving savior and to not let your hearts be troubled by people's predictions and claims through a spirit a message or a letter of any kind 
of the day of Jesus' return because Jesus said no one knows the day or the hour. Only God knows. Verse 3. Again, we're still reading in the NASB version. No one is to deceive you in any way, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself uh, every above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself uh, as God as being God. Paul goes deeper in the context of the man this chapter is talking about, which is the Antichrist. I'm not sure what the Greek word is for the word apostasy, but based on how Paul is describing this man, it shows uh, it shows where James says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And how that ties and then that ties more into um, where Satan tried to take God's throne, take his authority. Verse 5, Paul says, Do you not remember that while I was still with you, I was telling you these things? Now, I don't know what the particular scriptures that Paul is referring to here, but that's fine. Probably somewhere else in 1 Thessalonians. Or or reading out of 1 Thessalonians, or 2 Thessalonians 2, so he's probably talking about a previous chapter in Thessalonians. Even though there wasn't chapters when Paul was writing this, but you know what I mean. Verse 6, And you know what restrains him now, and him meaning the Antichrist, so that he will be revealed in his time. And I don't I don't understand. So okay, you know what now? Okay, I think I'm getting something here. Verse five says, Do you not remember while I was still with you, I was telling you these things? And then verse six he goes, and now you know what restrains him. So I think he's backing up. He's going deeper into what he said previously in a previous letter. And maybe we'll do that next week. You know, what Paul's, you know, referring to in verse six. But Paul says, You already know what is restraining the coming of the Antichrist. Personally, I don't know that like I'm just reading from my notes, but I'm sure Paul makes it clear in another letter to this particular church. Verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is removed. As I was studying this chapter and came to this verse, I continued to talk to the Holy Spirit and try and understand this, and I couldn't get anything. If you have anything, please send me an email, which you can find in the description of my podcast. Verse 8, then the lawless, uh, then that lawless one will be revealed. <coughs> excuse me, whom the Lord will eliminate with the breath of his mouth and bring an end by the appearance of his coming. Now this verse, I believe it is referring to what John says in Revelation 19, 15 through 16. This is out of the message version. A sharp sharp sword comes out of his mouth so he can subdue the nations, then rule them with a rod of iron. He, he treads the winepress of the raging wrath of God, the sovereign and strong. On his robe and thigh is written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is talking about Jesus and his return and how wonderful this is. Um, so where he says right here, when the lost one is revealed, the Lord is going to eliminate him with the breath of his mouth. And in Revelation 19, it says that Jesus pulls a sword out of his mouth to subdue the nations. I think that's what it might be talking about. I could be wrong. But to continue, verse 9, 
That is the one who is coming in. That is the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and false signs and wonders. The Antichrist is what we hear people say will be Satan's right-hand man, which we just read um, in the message version. Basically, the son of Satan. John, uh, later on in the New Testament, does talk about certain people being children of the devil and uh, being children of God. You can look at that yourself. But anyway, the reason I believe it is called false signs and wonders is because only truth comes from God. And Jesus said that Satan is the father of lies. Verse 10, And with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish, because they did not accept the love of the truth to be saved. It, it, it's saying because they pushed away the truth, they're being deceived because of their wickedness and they're going to perish. Verse 11, For this reason God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false, in order that they may be may that they all may be judged who did not believe the truth which is jesus christ and his sacrifice but took pleasure in wickedness which is the acts and the things that the antichrist is gonna do paul is saying in verse 10 through 12 which we just read that because people push away the truth of the gospel and the truth of the redemption of jesus christ's sacrifice that god will send a delusion upon people because they took pleasure in wickedness, which is the wickedness is talking about, going, like believing what the what the Antichrist is going to do in his teachings, his false signs and wonders, and yada yada yada. This is why it is also important to receive God's grace to be blessed with humility, and see what is right and wrong through His eyes. The prophet Isaiah said, "Woe to you who call good bad and bad good." The last few verses in Second Thessalonians two. Still, we're reading from the NASB. We just read from the message version. You guys know that. But we should always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, beloved by our Lord, because God has chosen you from the very beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth, meaning Jesus. It was for this he called you through our gospel. I was saying our gospel because other people have other, they have other false teachings, other gospels. Not just now, but it's been going on forever, you guys. Um, it goes on and says that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm. Sorry, I'm going to restart that. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold on to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or letter from us. And what does he mean by us? He's talking about the apostles, him. Um, I'll read the apostles right now because I'm reading Acts right now and I just started the first chapter. He's talking about the other apostles. And you can read the, who the apostles are in Acts chapter 1. I think, yeah. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon... Um, and Judas. Now, James is in here twice, but there might be, there's probably two different James. That's probably what it is. I, I don't know personally, but um, he's saying, keep listening to what, keep, 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 
hanging on to our traditions. And Paul says the same thing in Philippians 4.9. He says, put into practice everything that you've learned from me. And if you do so, you'll be kept in perfect peace. Verse 16, now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and gives us hope by grace, by his grace is what it means, comfort and strengthen your hearts in every good work and, uh, and word. That's uh, that's Second Thessalonians two for you guys. Um, just the other day, I was getting ready to kind of think about because I was because I had my message prepared for. Let's see here, Proverbs fourteen, and then this weekend, I just I thought about this verse. I didn't know it was Second Thessalonians two, but I knew some of the verses in the chapter, and I look it up, and I start looking at the chapter, and immediately the Lord speaks to me and says, "This is what I actually want you to talk about tomorrow." I was like, <laughs> all right, God, okay. Again, just more humility. Like, like, because I really could have been like, really, God? Now, he would have understood. But because I'm learning so much about humility right now, I, I just like, I was like, okay. Now, I did get irritated because I was like, I just prepared this whole message for Proverbs 14. But now I got to do this. But I was like, you know what, Lord? You're sovereign. And I mean, I, okay. So, um, that's my message for you guys. Um, there is a question, uh, there, there's a question posted below, uh, on my podcast. Obviously, I'm not sure if it does it on Apple podcast, which is my top platform that I'm, uh, being played on. Um, but it does, if you're listening on Spotify, there is a question posted below. Um, please don't be afraid to be honest. Um, I really do mean that. I mean, I, I really want you guys to really know my heart. I really, really do. And I, I love I love John's letters um, later on in the New Testament where he's just like so... I mean, I, 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 I feel the same thing. I feel if we look at 1 John 1... Let me find it. Hang on a sec. I can't find it. But like somewhere later on in John, it's first, second, and third John. He goes, I say these things so you that you wouldn't sin. Like my motive in this is that I want you guys to really know my heart. That I, I care about you guys. I love you guys. I want the best for you. And God wants the best for you. Peter said that God wants none to perish, but that all would come to repentance. And that chapter is actually talking about the return of the Lord, the day of his return. So, um, yeah, let's close in prayer. Father, I lift up marriages that are just so bound up husbands that are not honoring their wives I just want to say this real quick and I'm not saying this out of like like bashing you down but if there are if there is anyone out there that's listening to this and you are married I want to share this verse with you and Peter I'm not sure where it's at but Peter says if you dishonor your wife your prayers will be hindered now, take that to the Lord, but 
Father, I pray for husbands that have dishonored their wives. I pray that you'd give them mercy and that you'd hear their prayers and that you would open their eyes to more truth and walk in more obedience with you, Father. I pray for people who are ridiculing other people, hurting other people emotionally, Father. I pray that you'd heal their hearts. You'd bring the people people that have pain, that, Lord, you would just be with them, comfort them, be close to them. I thank you that you're close to the crushed in spirit, that you are with those who are contrite in heart. Father, as I confessed my sins earlier, please give me grace and strength to stay away from those things. I thank you for the pruning that you do in the refiner's fire. Father, I pray for moments of trials that we would just humble ourselves. That we, we, we wouldn't act as Job did and start coming to conclu- conclusions about our trials, but that we would come to you. God, I thank you for the new covenant we're living in. Father, help us to rest in your love tonight, to know your love for us. I pray for those that are just being persecuted emotionally or even physically or however way they're being persecuted for being a Christian. Father, I thank you that all of heaven rejoices of that. And I pray just for a renewing in the mind and a change in the heart to be able to rest and Uh, Just find peace and contentment and joy in that, Father. Help us to forget about what we want and follow what you want, Father. Humble us. I pray that we would understand suffering in a new way. Um, I pray that we wouldn't look at suffering as a bad thing, Father, that it's something that you teach us. There's things you teach us through it. I thank you that we, 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 we can have moments of joy and laughter where we can just enjoy your presence, Father, but there's moments where we're going to suffer or we're really going to go through a lot. And Father, I pray for the delusions and the tricks that the Antichrist is going to bring. Father, I pray for open eyes. You'd humble your people and lead people in truth, that they would trust the sacrifice of Jesus. I just declare Acts 5 over you to obey God and not man. Father, I pray just for a spirit, a um, an angel from heaven just to come down and give people strength and revelation of your truth that we would love you today, Father. We would abide in your love. We would understand really what it means to live holy and that when we mess up father we would humble ourselves and know that you still love us so so much Jesus I thank you that right when the antichrist comes you are going to sweep him off the spot and that you're going to come back and save your bride that that sword's going to come out of your mouth and you're going to subdue the nations and save your bride father let our garments be unblemished 
If we've complained, Father, we're sorry. Holy Spirit, if we've grieved you, we're sorry. We ask that you would reawaken in us. And, um, Father, I just pray this message I gave that you would just, uh, people would receive it gently, that Father, a spirit of, that there's a garment of praise for heaviness. So, um, for those that are feeling heavy, just, just have your own moment of worship with the Lord. Put some worship music on, maybe some instrumental stuff, and just put on that garment of praise. Father, I thank you for your love and that um, there's nothing impossible for you, Father. So help us not be deceived. Help us to trust in the truth of you, Jesus, that we would not be deceived in the things that the Antichrist is going to bring. In Jesus' name, amen. If you guys have not written me a review on Apple Podcasts, I'd really appreciate it if you did. It is my largest listening platform here on my podcast. If you want a prophetic word, please do not hesitate to email me. I love, 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 love to use my gift that God has given me. Um, if you want prayer, if you just want to talk to me about something, you can find my email right there at the top of my podcast. Share my podcast with a friend. And um, I really enjoyed the stuff that we talked about today. So I'm not sure what I'm talking about next week, but I'm sure I'll figure that out with the Holy Spirit. We might, I think I'd like to um, talk about the previous chapter that might talk about the Antichrist in, uh, in another chapter in Thessalonians, but I'll figure that out. So thank you so much for listening to today's message on Movius Ministries. This is your friend Josiah. God is with you. <laughs>